You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another Flip My Funnel episode. And this podcast has been just growing like crazy. And one of the reasons it's growing is because we have people that are doing Tuesday and Thursday takeovers. So today, I'm really excited to introduce Barb uh, Mosher Zink. She is running her own podcast called Content Matters. And it's a really, really good podcast. And she's interviewing some ridiculously good people in content. So if you're in content, you got to listen to this whole series. So Barb, welcome to the Flip My podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. All right, Barb, share a little bit about your podcast and the type of people you're interviewing in this series. So the Content Matters podcast is a podcast that looks at all aspects of content from, especially from the marketing side, but also from like technical documentation, like how all of, how it works to support every kind of group across the company. And I have been really, really fortunate to interview some really great, smart experts. Um, Scott Abel, Ann Hanley, Matthew Sweezy, um, Ian Truscott, um, Jim Edmonds, uh, Kem Mayfield. Or Mathley, sorry, I said his name wrong. But um, yeah, there's just there were so many. I've we've been going for two years now, and it's just it's just been phenomenal. Fantastic, Barb. I cannot wait to hear this episode. So let's just dive right into it. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Content Matters podcast. Today we're talking to Tom Trainer. He's the global head of marketing at Arm Treasure Data. Tom joined us on the podcast to talk about marketing strategy and the changes marketers are making to build better customer experiences. One of these things is implementing a customer data platform, or a CDP. It gives you a single view of the customer, and we talked about how that single view helps marketers improve experiences. It also helps support privacy and compliance, something else that's really super important these days. There's a certain amount of overlap between a CDP and a CRM, a customer relationship management system. We talked about this overlap and where Tom sees the industry evolving in the future. It's a great session. I encourage you to listen to the whole thing. Enjoy. You've worked in the marketing field for quite a few years. Just um, you've worked with a lot of companies like Reich, um, and I call it Reich. Maybe it's Reiki. I'm not sure. Um, Meltwater. Those are some really good companies in this space. So um, I was just kind of wondering from your experience how you've kind of seen the industry evolve. Are we getting any better at creating customer experiences? Are we have still have a lot to go and do? Yeah, no, I think I think um, companies are getting better at creating uh, great customer experiences. Um, they're also getting better at collecting and using customer data for better segmentation and better campaigns and more personalized messaging, which all kind of help the customer feel a little bit more. Um, that the company is thinking about them and, and uh, intelligently marketing to them. I'd say, I wouldn't say it's perfect yet, but they're, everyone's getting better. I think um, it seems like it's certainly changing. And I think the, the coronavirus pandemics kind of pushed us even further to do even better job at kind of thinking about the customer first. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So when you think about creating these um, experiences, how important 
is the content to the experience? Yeah, I think that content is really important because at the end of the day, other than the actual product or service, the content is the value you deliver to customers during the experience. And so delivering the right content or useful content at the right time during their journey. So like a good guide, uh, video tutorials, thought-provoking articles, or detailed reviews, things like that are all key pieces of a good customer uh, experience. Okay, that makes sense, definitely. So when you think about the importance of content and the importance of knowing the customer, there's a lot of technology out there in marketing that can help you create the best content, deliver it the right way, understand your customer. What what are you seeing as the key tools the marketer needs in their tool set to do this the right way? Well, I mean, there's the fundamentals like your marketing automation tool, your customer uh, CRM tool, your website analytics and advertising tools, and maybe your website A-B testing and uh, personalization tools. There's also tools that help understand better who's visiting your site, things like you know, Clearbit or Engageo. But there are also tools that help aggregate all of the customer data from the, this variety of tools, from the, all the tools in your stack, which is, is the, the kind of new kid in town, which is the uh, customer data platform, um, which helps um, with this better customer experience. Absolutely. Um, and if I've looked at um, Scott Brinker's marketing technology landscape and probably like everyone else just kind of cringed and went, oh, my God, how do I choose what pieces of technology I want and how do I make them fit together? But for you, um, you run marketing in a, a customer data platform software company. So what exactly is the customer data platform and what is its relationship to customer experience? Okay, great. And and as you mentioned on the uh, marketing technology landscape this year, they changed it a bit and they added some new sections and some of the biggest areas of growth or the biggest areas of growth were around data. Yeah, I was actually how companies amazed use data. And so a CDP is one of those pieces. Um, it's basically a standalone database that allows marketing CX or other teams to ingest all the customer data fairly quickly and easily into this one place so that they're all looking at the same single source of truth about the customers uh, and they can, you know, unify the, the profiles as well as kind of shrink their list because sometimes they're, they're marketing to duplicate, um, duplicate profiles. So you're basically wasting money on that. But what it allows you to do is run analysis and segmentation on that data. And then once you segment in, within the CDP, you can activate in the marketing or sales or other channels. And so it allows companies to deliver great customer experience across all these different channels because each individual channel, rather than being a silo, can see the more comprehensive and aligned view of the customer, their interests, their preferred channel, uh, their level of interaction, their level of product usage, et cetera. I am curious. You work for Treasure Data, and Treasure, Treasure Data was bought in 2018 by ARM, right? That's right. And, and they're a microchip company. So I was just kind of curious, why, why did they acquire a CDP? Yeah, good question. So ARM is a semiconductor company, but 
it actually delivers the IP, the intellectual property to companies who actually produce the um, semiconductors. Okay. So we don't actually manufacture. Um, and one of the things that ARM is doing in addition to that is focus a lot on IoT. So IoT, you know, um, chips for IoT, but as well as uh, IoT device management and connectivity management. Right. And with IoT, one of the big things is also the data that comes off of these IoT devices. And so ARM sees a world where the data from IoT can combine with other types of data like customer data or product usage data and give a more full view of what's happening both the, at the customer level as well as with the devices. So it's 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 a, a future vision and, and we're starting to see some companies really innovate in their IoT projects to that level. Um, but that's something where you're going to see the customer data that we work with in, in uh, treasure data con- converge more with some of the other work that uh, Arm is doing. It's actually very fascinating to think, and, and I've talked to other people about the information that you get from, from the IoT space and how that can really help you work better with your customer and, and help them, you know, if you've got like one of those fridges that sends data back that, you know, you need something fixed or you need to do stuff like all that stuff's kind of fascinating that you can create a better customer experience if you can know that before even they know that. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah, yeah, we work with some of the hard goods companies uh, on those devices. So that's exactly the type of project. There's also so things like in retail stores um, when people are able to shop again. Yeah. There are some IoT uh, aspects um, in, in store that can combine with the, the customer information and, uh, you know, can provide personalized coupons, et cetera, or or kind of feedback back to um, to the store about, uh, you know, what a customer, where they're browsing, et cetera. Hmm. That's going to be interesting to see how that works. So, um, so with that all said, that's interesting. So there's a lot you can, a lot of data that comes in and gathers in through a CDP. So where does, where do you think it fits in the digital ecosystem? Are, is that really a foundational or a center component or is it a service? Like, is it like, do you have to have one? I, I consider it a pretty foundational element and yeah, basically a lot of companies are pushing to have a better customer experience. And if you look at that, uh, you know, kind of having an omni-channel customer experience, it really requires that to do this well, that you have one version of the truth on the customer records um, for each channel. And it's, updated in near real time when something changes. For example, when a customer makes a purchase or when a customer adds something to the, adds something to the cart or responds to an email campaign. Um, so it's a very foundational element for companies that want to get beyond the old ways of doing business and the old ways of managing data where it was very siloed. And where they really didn't have a great handle on where all that data was and, 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 you know, what, what any given customer was really doing across all the different channels. So for companies that want to do this digital transformation and get to new ways of doing business, it's a foundational element. Is it required? It's probably not required if you're not willing to make the change. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Um, I worked in IT many years ago and I remember 
in the IT group, there was a huge project to do a single view of the customer where they brought, you know, they created that single record of the customer and it was painful. They could never do it. They could never get these applications to all work from one view of the customer. And it, it's so much, it's so interesting how much it's evolved and how much better and easier it is to do that today than it was like, and this was 10 or 15 years ago, I guess. Right. And companies are still trying to do it themselves because it sounds easy uh, conceptually. Yeah. But, you know, the devil's in the details and there's data structures, there's the ingestion. So we have over 150 pre-built connectors to help you connect to a lot of tools that are, you know, kind of uh, other common tools that that marketers or, you know, customer experience or others um, teams use. And so that gets them up and running really quickly. So we can do a POC in weeks and start to show value in a couple of months. While as in the old days in IT team, you know, or even today with an IT team, you're going to, it's going to take a long time to even do a proof of concept. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely imagine it's still not going to be easy. So here's, here's a question for you. Um, A lot of people ask, what does a CDP, how does a CDP compare to a CRM, a customer relationship management system or a DMP? Like how are they, are they different? Do they overlap? Can a CDP replace a CRM? So the CDP complements the CRM. So CRM uh, was created as a tool to manage the sales process. And the data isn't set up to be really provide other tools access to the atomic level data and to really capture everything about uh, a customer's interactions with a company. Right. So it just wasn't designed for that. And so the CDP takes data from a CRM, takes data from a marketing automation tool, takes data from point of sale or kind of sales records, and even things about how often or how well customers are using a product. So all that data gets centralized in a CDP and you can't really see a CRM doing that. And, you know, having a CRM to do churn analysis or having all the data available for things like that. So it's just, they're just different tools and the CRM was never designed to, uh, to allow access to this really atomic level data that can be mixed and matched in, in any different way you want. Then if you talk about a DMP, um, the DMP is is designed for programmatic advertising and has usually mostly anonymous data and that data is not kept in a persistent fashion. So the data is usually gone after 90 days or so. And so the CDP can feed the, the DMP to do targeted marketing or to do lookalikes. Um, but the, the DMP can't replace a lot of the things that a CDP does. Hmm. It's like, a lot of different components to come together. Um, It sounds almost scary sometimes when you think about all the pieces that have to fit together, right? (laughs) Right. That's that's why we try try to make it easy, both from the input side and the output side, having all the pre-built connectors and having kind of use cases that we've used before with other customers just, just make it easy. And like I said, you can get up and running fast because you're not doing a rip and replace project. Right. You're actually creating an adjacent database. So you can use it as little as much as or as much as you want in the beginning. And we don't recommend going big bang with trying to redo everything in the the beginning. So get your data right in in order 
and then do one or two use cases and then expand over time. A quick pause to say thank you to Ingenix, the Content Matters sponsor. Ingenix is a leading provider of agile content management solutions. You can check them out at Ingenix.com. I'm sure that um, when when your customers come in and start talking about this, the privacy is another big question because obviously we have like the, the GDPR law, which was came in not last year, I think, but the year before. And then there's CCPA and there's a bunch of other states that are kind of thinking about enacting their own laws. And then if you work out of Canada, you've got Canadian privacy laws. Like how do you how do you work with all of those privacy and compliance requirements when you're pulling all this information together? So that's a good question. And I think there's two key concepts to keep in mind for the privacy laws, which are only going to get you know, um, more and more prevalent in other countries and even states as things go on. Um, one is the consent management. So companies need to manage what their customers consent to. And so there's a set of tools that are around consent management and, you know, you check a box to say, yes, you can, you know, use this data for this purpose. That's the consent management piece and that needs to be tracked. But then there's a whole piece around the customer underlying customer data and the consent management tools don't track where you where you house all your customer data. And so to the previous point, if a company has customer data in, let's say, 40 different places, it's hard for them to delete all of the data for any given customer if they have a hard time finding where that, that customer's data resides yeah. in those different tools. Right. So you can see how the CDP... Uh, gathering that data, understanding where that customer data resides, et cetera, can, can help with that, that aspect. The other thing the CDP can do is if there are certain people or geographies that a cer- certain team should not be communicating with, then the CDP and the team that manages the CDP can make more compliant lists so the marketing teams don't have to do that each time they actually can kind of make their compliant list in advance so that the marketing teams know that who they're communicating with is, is approved. Is, does the CDP, like if someone, if you have like the GDPR and you have the right to be forgotten kind of rule and someone comes in and says, you know, to get rid of all the data you have on me and the CDP, the CDP knows where all that data is stored. Can it, does it have the functionality to kind of reach out and delete all that data or is that kind of separate altogether? It can do a portion of that, and then some other portions may need to be directly in a certain system, but but the CDP can help you with that process and help you identify where the data is. Yeah, definitely something a lot of marketers probably need because there's so many different tools that they're using storing customer data, and they're not fully integrated yet. So that's definitely, I could see them needing that just for privacy and compliance like that alone. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, content management, we talk a lot about content management on the Content Matters um, podcast because obviously content matters and you need a place to create and store and manage it. But I mean, a, a traditional content management system isn't, doesn't meet the need today because there's so many more different content types like the IoT we were talking about, uh, push services, and then there's all kinds of ways to you know create customer experience through portals, services, and stuff like that. How do you kind of, when you think about how all these pieces of content play together, how do you think we're going to 
make it work in the future? Like what, what do you kind of envision? Yeah, good question. I can see a CDP helping to activate uh, in all these areas, like you mentioned, IoT and customer service and portals, et cetera. So it, it may not be the place to store the content, but it's aware of the content and then can help activate. Um, like if there's certain messages that get sent through IoT, um, it it can be used to orchestrate that messaging and then grab the content from the, the content management system. So I see that's how a CDP and a content management system could play well together. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I, um, I think, um, yeah, a content management system doesn't know anything about the person. So having a place that it can go and kind of really get that information would definitely make it work much better. Um, cool. So obviously we're in a pandemic period right now. I'm sure everybody's tired of it. I've seen a few jokes and, and then some other things going on, obviously, in, in the world that are not good. But um, COVID-19 has brought to the forefront many things that don't work in marketing and sales. What things from your perspective in the work that you do as a marketer, do you think we need to stop doing now? And how should we be doing things differently? And, and then to add on to that, do tools like CDPs help you do those things better? Yeah, I think a couple of things. One is marketing has evolved to a spot where the teams get really good at optimizing in their area of specialty or in their channel of specialty. So I think the teams are getting, you know, hyper efficient at and effective in their channel, but this doesn't always lead to a great holistic customer experience. So I think as a foundational element, starting to optimize across the channels or even across like product groups or business groups is something that's rare. And I think a CDP can help with that. And that leads to my second point, which doing something like this and implementing CDP and thinking cross channel and cross like business group or product group allows you to be more, more flexible, uh, more agile in the sense of, as things change, in other words, you have to open up a pop-up direct-to-consumer market to sell chips because you can't get through the distribution channels appropriately, then being able to have all that data available, being able to collect custom, new customer data that you're going to get from that, and being able to make sense of it is really important. So I think it's the two things that I would recommend are change the way we do business, which is not just optimizing within channels and keeping the teams very separate. Uh, and second is building in more agility through the, the MarTech infrastructure. And one way to do that is to build kind of this, this foundational element that bridges across all these different systems. Okay. Um, here's a question for you. If, if you. if a customer, if a person wanted to start working with a CDP or start looking at it, what what are the three top things you would say they should do to kind of get started? Sure. Um, one thing would be to start to inventory their key data sources for the company. Um, you know, what are all those different sources and what kind of data is in there and what's what's the potential value of that data and maybe mixing and matching it with other types of data. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, second thing I would do is to start thinking about what are those use cases that they've always wanted to do but have been constrained by the tool sets to be able to do. So, you know, like uh, effective cross-sale campaigns or, um, you know, between different product groups or business groups, um, you know, optimizing their, their, their ad spend or, or getting, uh, reaching new audiences through lookalikes, uh, starting with a CDP to gather, you know, very high-performing customers and then using those in, in the DMPs for lookalike marketing is very effective. Okay. So those are some things. Okay. That's, it, it's funny. You talk about these things and I've talked about other things with other marketers and experts, you know, that things that we need to be doing. And, and, and then we talk about the pandemic and how it's forced us to do things differently. But all of these things were things we should have been doing before as well. It seems unfortunate that it just took a pandemic to make us realize that we need to be more customer focused and more, you know, think more about what that customer needs and how to build a better experience for them. Yeah, and there are, I think there are some teams that will move forward and take this as an opportunity to up level. Uh, their their game right and to become better to add in that you know that infrastructure to um, you know to change the way they do business and other teams will freeze and just kind of wait it out in hopes that they'll just go back to the way that they used to do business so right. I think there's there's going to be you know, two different kinds of companies that come out and one is one that just kind of went back to the old ways and the others that taken the opportunity to move forward. And those are the ones that will find success, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This has been a great conversation, Tom. I really appreciate your taking the time. Yeah. Thanks, Barb. It's been enjoyable. Great. Thank you. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.